The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There's a strong link between sports and medicine. If you're not at the top of your medical game, you can't play well. Or you just can't play. Welcome to Bruce the Sports Doc with medical expert Dr. Bruce Grossinger. This program looks at advances and breakthroughs in medicine and how it relates to sports. Plus, you'll receive preventative tips and analysis of sports injuries this week. Now, here's Bruce the Sports Doc. Welcome to the newest edition of Bruce the Sports Doc. We're here on Voice America Sports. We want to thank Ray Ellis and Jeff Spinard, and we're excited to launch this new show. And we have to lead off with Tebow Mania. Yeah, Tim Tebow is now a Philadelphia Eagle. It's been two years since Tebow's last played in the NFL with the New York Jets, and this is just so exciting to have Tebow back because even non-football fans, everybody thinks that they're an expert on Tebow's throwing motion, and you know everybody has their opinion about Tim Tebow, but now we finally get to see Tebow back in action. He's been working with his quarterback coach, Tom House, out of California for two and a half years secretly in between his gig at ESPN, and now Tim Tebow, Tim Tebow is a Philadelphia Eagle with Mark Sanchez reunited again. What do you think about Mark Sanchez and Tebow? Well, just when you think you've got Chip Kelly figured out, just when you think there's a chance Marcus Mariota is coming to the team, that's when Chip Kelly always does something you'd never expect. He brings in Tim Tebow, a high-character guy. And the interesting thing is that he interviewed... Tebow about two months ago. People forgot about it, and he downplayed it. So really, it's almost impossible to read Chip Kelly. He is the master of illusion. He reshuffled the deck again, didn't he? And it's just so much fun here in this town covering Chip Kelly and really being an Eagles, uh, be, being part of the Eagles constituency. Because when you look at Tim Tebow coming to the Philadelphia Eagles, it, it's uh, it's unbelievable. It's mind-boggling. But the thing really is, in reality, is that there's Matt Barkley, Mark Sanchez, Sam Bradford, and Tim Tebow now on a roster. Someone has to be the odd man out. And the best-case scenario for Tebow is probably a first-string quarterback job. But we could see some wildcat, and at least we're going to get to analyze some preseason Tebow. And his quarterback coach, for what it's worth, he is his quarterback coach, so he doesn't have a third-party credibility. He did say that Tim Tebow has really improved his throwing motion. It'll just be fun to analyze Tim, and this could be his last big chance in the league because Tim Tebow was an 11, a 10-6 and six quarterback with Denver, won a playoff game there, and then he really never got a chance to start. I would love to see Tebow at least have 16 games to start because there's other quarterbacks in the league, Colt McCoy, Blaine Gabbert, Brady Quinn, guys that have failed that 
are less talented and have less upside than Tebow, they've at least gotten a chance to play out a 16-game season. And I know it might not happen with the Eagles with the quarterbacks that they have, but the ultimate goal for Tebow, I think, is to be an NFL starter for at least another year. And as a fan, I would love nothing more than to see Tebow 16 games on television. That would be sweet. Well, I hate to break your bubble, but... I've seen this act before. Chip Kelly likes a full complement of quarterbacks for his training camp. He likes to go almost instantaneously, and and, and he's down a little bit. So basically, guys like Gigi Kinney, he'll be on. He'll get cut. Maybe Tebow, here's a question. Could Tebow be on the practice squad, or is, is he too much of a veteran? I don't know what the rules are. He definitely can be on the practice squad, but he would definitely pose a distraction for the team. And that's the whole difference with Tim Tebow as a quarterback is because of the whole Tebow mania that comes from the fan base. Everybody wraps around his dynamic personality or his larger than life personality. He's such a nice, humble guy and everybody's a huge fan for him and the backup quarterback's always the most popular guy on the team, but when it's Tim Tebow and everybody loves how Tebow plays the game, they really clamor for him and it could really distract the starting quarterback and it kind of has an adverse effect. So you look at Brian Hoyer in, in Cleveland. Johnny Manziel has the same type of appeal as Tim Tebow. And Brian Hoyer really struggled because when Hoyer would throw one interception, the fans would want to see Johnny Manziel. Same thing with Kyle Orton and Mark Sanchez. When they struggled, Tim Tebow was always in, he was always waiting for them. Um, and ready to come in, and the fans would really be clamoring for Tebow, and it poses a huge distraction for the starter. Well, Tebow's a left-handed quarterback. He's known for show, for throwing short to medium length passes. He's not a guy who really throws long bombs. It seemed like Denver really was able to get him down. They simplified the offense, and he and he was successful there. So the question is. Chip Kelly's the kind of guy who probably looked at every throw Tebow ever made. How do you think he's going to use Tebow? Well, I could see Tebow in the spread. I see him doing some read option where he could put it on the ground to get four yards if he needs to. Um, with DeMarco Murray and a powerful offensive line, he'll definitely utilize the tight ends if he's in the game. He was great at jump passes at Florida, even his first year, his freshman year with Chris Leak when they won their first of two national championships when Tebow was quarterback. He would come in as kind of in a specialty package and would throw a jump pass over the top of the goal line. So it's another goal line situation for Tebow. But let me ask you this question. Where did Tebow really fail? Like... As I mentioned with Blaine Gabbard and Brady Quinn, they got tons of chances and Christian Ponder to fail. And it seems like Tebow, how come he doesn't deserve the right to fail for a 10-game season or 16? You bring up a great point. What happened is uh, New York Jets are where quarterbacks go to die. And what I mean that is that Sanchez had a very promising career. And under Rex Ryan and dysfunctional offensive coordinators, you could see how he fell off. And Tebow really didn't get a chance. He was almost boycotted, I would say. In the beginning, you thought there would be there were there were maybe one or two plays, a wildcat, he'd run into the line for two yards. He really never was given a chance to develop any rhythm with his throws. So really, when you look at his his Jets experience, it was almost a non experience. And 
it just uh it's just so ironic frankly that you're going to see Sanchez and Tebow the dynamics are really a bit of a surprise and I think very newsworthy well, when you look at Tebow, you had Rex Ryan, who's a defensive guy, who's a defensive-minded head coach, so he didn't get, get that much attention as a quarterback. And then in Denver, when they made the switch from Josh McDaniels to John Fox, McDaniels was the offensive coordinator. He was responsible for bringing Tebow in, and they had a successful tenure. And Tim Tebow is strong enough to throw a 60-yard pass in the air. Now, he has to work on his touch. He has to work at getting the ball out quickly. But Tebow does deserve these reps. I mean, the guy's tall enough, strong enough, athletic enough to play the position. And he led Denver to a successful year. And it was was only his rookie season, so I don't get why people were expecting Tebow to light the world on fire with Denver, especially since Demarius Thomas was also a rookie. They didn't have elite-level wide receivers there in Denver. You see what Eric Decker's doing with the New York Jets. I think that Peyton Manning made those receivers in Denver who they are. I can't blame Denver for moving on with Tebow to... A Peyton Manning, you because in hindsight that was a great move by Denver, and Peyton has shown some flashes of brilliance that he displayed in Indianapolis. They got to Super Bowls, they've made playoffs, and have dominated the AFC West. But you look at Tebow, he's never had an offensive guru that's really stuck his neck out for him like he had with Urban Meyer or Josh McDaniels um, for his college and rookie years. And now maybe Chip Kelly can really be an observer of Tebow. You just look at the NFL, you look at Ponder, you look at guys that I mentioned, such as Blaine Gabbard and, and even Brandon Whedon. And there's so many guys that have gotten a large sample size do you think that Tebow warrants that sample size? Because if I was if I was a franchise, I, I don't think you could pick a better character to lead your team. And I do believe Tebow affects the defensive side of the ball in a positive manner. The fact that Philadelphia Eagles are very analytic. They run so many plays. and In fact, they give each quarterback, regardless of the depth chart, really in training camp the whole time the same amount of reps. It's just continuously one after another. So Tebow's going to have a chance to show if his arm's really stronger, his release is quicker, he's more accurate. Certainly he's extremely smart. He's mobile. He's very strong. He could take he could take the hits. And that's unlike what we've dealt with in the past, certainly with Foles fracturing a clavicle and Sanchez, you know, having some nagging injuries but still being able to play for the most part. You really want to see what Tim can do, and I think it'll be exciting because many of these are open practices, so we're going to go down there, we're going to watch them, we're going to have a chance to break it down, and this is really going to be a national story here in Philadelphia. Well, something that's upsetting about Tim Tebow is a couple of things when I analyze him. Is One is that everybody pretends they're an expert on Tebow. Even guys that have never played quarterback or studied football in any capacity, they say, well, Tebow can't throw. They just automatically say those four or five words that I just mentioned, Tebow cannot throw the football. That's what they say. How do they know and why do they know? And that comes from a stem of jealousy. It comes from stemming from from thinking that Tim Tebow over publicizes his religion. 
It stems from all of that. And there's tons of guys in the NFL that score a touchdown and will thank God for the experience of playing football and for their accomplishments. And for some reason, Tim Tebow gets ostracized in that capacity. Also with Tebow, everything about him is different every they treat him like a different style of quarterback like he's an alien playing back there like oh we have to have the Tebow package treat the guy like a regular quarterback have him drop back and treat him like a normal quarterback and have him in the single back under center dropping back and let's see Tebow actually have an opportunity and if he plays I'd like to see him play like a season or two and if he fails then he fails but I really want to see Tim Tebow have a chance to operate like a regular guy instead of in these circus formations you know wildcat or, or shotgun would you agree with that bruce yep i think we've said that covered it pretty well in the sense that tim tebow is going to get a shot this could be his last shot he's going to have an analytic smart quarterback coach he's going to have a chance to display a lot of reps and he really has a realistic chance at being the third string really behind Bradford and um, Sanchez. Beating out J.J. Kinney should not be the the hardest thing in the world. And you still don't know if they're going to shuffle some of the draft picks and if they're going to try to... They certainly need wide receivers. They certainly need guards and uh, defensive backs. So the Eagles have a lot of draft needs. And I think the whole idea of Mariota is, is becoming, with this move, becoming even more of a pipe dream. Well, you you could look at Sam Bradford being on the move, but the bottom line is there just so, there could be a lot of distraction behind Tebow. It could work in in an adverse way, and he could get cut at preseason if he isn't making strides. But we are going to enjoy watching Tim. We are going to enjoy watching um, Tim Tebow play football and. This is the conclusion of the first segment. It's been a fun one, but we're going to get to NBA playoffs and more NFL coming right up. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine. Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injuries. Injuries. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. school to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports
You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportsdoc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Bruce the Sports Doc. This is our second segment. I'm here with Spencer G, a.k.a. Spencer the Wizard. And it's that time. After these meaningless regular season games where almost everybody but the Sixers made the playoffs, it's time to unveil the NBA playoff season. And we had we had a full slate Saturday and Sunday. And, in fact, as we go to press here, the most intriguing game is still in progress. We got ourselves a, a dead heat between the Clippers and Spurs. 9-17 left in the second quarter. But the other games are in the books. Spencer, take us through. Absolutely. I mean, it's really been a long road for the NBA regular season. Such a long trek and journey through. But now we have finally got over the rainbow. We've gotten over the mountain. And now we're going to start talking about playoffs and finally see which which team can rise to the top. Will the cream rise to the top? Not a surprise in Cleveland, Ohio. Kyrie Irving, LeBron James, Kevin Love, T- Timo, T- Timothy Mazdoff. I mean, nah, not Tim Just Tebow. Kidding. We talked about him enough. And uh, Johnny Mandel and Tim Tebow in one city. Uh, I couldn't imagine that. But in Cleveland, we have the Cavaliers beating the Celtics by 13, 113 to 100. It's a nice story that the Celtics are in the playoffs. Evan Turner, Isaiah Thomas, a bunch of free agents coming on this basketball team to really make it a respectable team. The bottom line is Brad Stevens is a hero. Brad Stevens is incredible, and he's going to have an unbelievable shelf life in the NBA in college because he's a genius with numbers. He couldn't be a nicer guy, and you know what? I believe he's he's the best coaching prospect in the world right now. I think he's the best basketball coach on the planet. And for this this Celtics team, when you look up and down their roster, Marcus Smart, Jared Sollinger, they shouldn't even be in the playoffs, but it's just a testament to how hard they're working. And they're getting valuable experience, but they're going to get their doors blown off. This series will go five at maximum. Cleveland is the most talented team in the NBA, in my estimation. I agree that Cleveland, we don't necessarily agree about Brad Stevens being the best coach. I'll I'll certainly take Greg Popovich. And lately, I even like the way Spolster ran the heat until they they lost LeBron. But looking at the team, we we had 30 points from LeBron in the first game. and Actually, we had Kyrie Irving scoring 30 in the playoff debut. And they went and they won. I don't believe the game was as close as the score indicates here. We also have a real exciting matchup between the Trailblazers and the Memphis Grizzlies. Grizzlies have Mike Conley, they have Zebo, and they have Marcus All. So that's really their big three. And then I like a team and I like a franchise that really stays consistent. You know who the stars are, you know who you're rooting for year after year. They haven't been able to get over the top and get to the finals, but certainly I like the Grizzlies in this series, and looking at the Trailblazers, this game 
really was a rather, they cruised to victory at home, and that's the Memphis Grizzlies. Well, you look at Aaron Aflalo that's injured for the Trailblazers. They're overcoming some injuries, but Memphis is a very likable team. They had all the drama with Dave Yeager and the falling out of their of their owner group this year. Um, not their majority owner, but they had a lot of trauma over the offseason, and, and Dave Yeager was flirting with going back to his home state of Minnesota, and now the Memphis Grizzlies are alive and well. They had a terrific regular season where the second seed for the majority of play, but have really slumped coming into the home stretch of the season. They only went 14 and 13, um, which in the Eastern Conference is respectable, but in the West is is not a great way to finish whatsoever. And those last seats, two to six, were so contested. Literally a game divided each of those teams, and Memphis found the fourth spot and got a nice series with Portland. The winner of this series will take on Golden State. But Memphis, as you mentioned, inside with Marcus Saul, um, with with Zach Randolph. Hopefully Vince Carter can return the form and hit some outside shots because they really might be missing Mike Miller on the perimeter. They need another three-point scorer. Courtney Lee isn't that consistent from the outside. Jeff Green Green is a streaky shooter. They need a guy that can stretch the floor. But Memphis is a talented ball club. They 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 have great experience and veteran leadership. Very likable team. I think that they easily get past Portland. Maximum six games. You know, I could see them winning in five this series, and it should be tremendous with Golden State coming up. Next on the docket, we've got the Atlanta Hawks. And the Brooklyn Nets. One thing we're struck with when we look at these Eastern teams is that the Sixers, of course, finished their second year of tanking. But really, when you add a few players, a first-round draft choice, you're going to get Dario Saric back in two years from Turkey, and you're going to get a boatload of second-round picks. It just seems like it's not very difficult to make the playoffs in the East. And that first game, the Hawks... Cruise to a seven-point victory over the Brooklyn Nets. Let's let's go a little bit deeper into the series. What, what are your thoughts about the Atlanta Hawks? They had a good regular season. Well, in the regular season in the NBA, you know what the key to winning is? Is actually trying and being organized. That's really the way to win. Because you have 82 games. It's a marathon. It's very hard to continue to get up for games in the regular season, especially coming off backs-to-backs. But... um. Just a tremendous year for the Atlanta Hawks this year. Kyle Korver, Jeff Teague, Paul Millsap. Not You don't have a superstar. You don't have that A-line player. But you have a lot of role players that gel together and play great team basketball. They call them Spurs East. And you know what? They're a terrific example of teamwork. Unfortunately, guess what? As nice as teamwork looks, they still look like a weak one seed. They look like a Gonzaga Bulldogs one seed. They look like a team that I don't trust going forward. I look at the Chicago Bulls. I look at the Cleveland Cavaliers. The winner of that series, I think, could take down Atlanta. But hey, you know, Mike Budenhauser... What a year that that guy had coaching this Atlanta Hawks squad. He should get coach of the year. And again, a, a likable team that plays team ball together. But the bottom line 
is that I don't know if they can get past their second round matchup. Brooklyn Nets, Darren Williams, Paul, you know, they have an aging team. Kevin Garnett uh, used to be with Brooklyn. Uh, they're in no man's land. That's the example of where you don't want to be in the NBA. They have old dudes that are not really that great anymore. And they they just barely get in the playoffs as an eighth or seventh seed. They don't have a lot of future players coming in there. Um, they're just a guy, they're just a team with eight aging veterans that are not good enough to actually make a considerable push towards a title. You know, when you look at Brooklyn, when you look at Brooklyn and all the players on their roster, and remember they acquired Jason Terry last year, Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce used to be on that team, Billy King's the general manager there. You know, if you're the 76ers, you could be in Brooklyn's position playing in the playoffs, but really not having any chance for ultimate glory whatsoever. Remember how this year started, too? You had the owner, Levitin from the Atlanta Hawks, had an email, and he was really talking about the demographics, how he was trying to draw in a more uh, diverse crowd, and that he was facing challenges in Atlanta. And he essentially resigned, unlike Donald Sterling, who was disgraced. Here's a guy who almost called, you know, almost called a penalty on himself, literally, brought it to everybody's attention, resigned. And from all that I know and people I know in the league, uh, Levitin has a ton of integrity and he kind of got caught up in the political correctness of that. But that's the way the year started. And when you think about it, Atlanta had a pretty darn good year, albeit maybe as you would call a pretend one seed. But looking at it, it looks like they they I certainly would take them over the Brooklyn Nets. Let's bounce around to some other series that I want you to analyze. And I'm going to give you a tough one to start off with. The Washington Wizards and the Toronto Raptors, a three and a six. You have John Wall, Bradley Beal, a young nucleus in Washington, playing Kyle Lowry and and DeMar DeRozan and the Toronto Raptors. Do you see this series as being a long series? Because how do you see these two teams matching up with one another? Is there an alpha dog here that you feel? My own personal view is, looking at all the series, this is the least interesting series, the least sexy series, the series you could easily miss, the, the game that's going to happen and you're not going to know about it, the, tr- the tree falling in the woods and nobody hearing it. The Raptors and Wizards have all the sizzle of mud. And the fact is, I don't think either one of these teams is going anywhere. You can see uh, Wizards eked out a game against the Raptors, and there's just not, there's just not a lot about the series I like to watch. There's not many plot lines. The best we can do with this series is move on to the next one. Which team has more upside to you? Playoff longevity. The Chicago Bulls, Derrick Rose scores 23 points yesterday. He's actually coming back in the form. Which team is scarier? The Chicago Bulls in the Eastern Conference or the perennial maybe MVP James Harden in the Western Conference with Dwight Howard? Which team do you think is scarier in their particular conference? I like the Bulls. I I certainly like Coach Thibodeau. I think that they have a a tremendous team, a, a very deep team. Dunleavy had a very good year. Now that Rose is back, their, their players are really getting healthy. Good defense, good rebounding, great coaching. 
And I, I think they were going to get by the box. But your question was, you were comparing them to a team, the Rockets. I would say, well, certainly James Harden had what some people consider an MVP year. And, but... I, I do think they're they're compatible, but I, I actually like the Bulls. I really like the coaching. I think that's the teams are good, but I'll, I'll take uh, I'll take the Bulls coach. Absolutely. You look at Kevin McHale, and it's unfortunate. I see the Bulls and Cavs as the clear cut best two teams in the Eastern Conference, and unfortunately, they're going to play each other before the conference finals. So you're going to get a Washington-Atlanta second round, unfortunately. A series, as you mentioned, that is lacking in star power there. We've reached the end of the second segment. We got some really exciting things to talk about in the first segment. We'll expand on the NBA, where the Sixers are at, teams that tanked, and then we'll also talk about the NFL draft coming up. You're listening to Bruce the Sports Doc here on the Voice America Sports Network. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine. Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injuries. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or send an email to Bruce at BruceTheSportsDoc.com. Now, back to the show. I wanted to introduce you to our sponsor, which is Grossinger Neuropaid Specialist. This is a medical practice that has four doctors in the Philadelphia, New Jersey, and Delaware area who can treat everything from headaches to sports injuries to spinal injuries. That is, concussions, injuries on the field of play. If you're a parent, and you're, you have an adolescent child or college person in the Philly area with sports medicine or traumatic issues, that's really our specialty at Grossinger Neuropaid Specialists. Give us a call. We're at 610-521-6063. Again, 
the show Bruce the Sports Talk, powered by Grosker Door Paint Specialists. As we lead into Section 3 of our show, and we, we just were, were talking a bit off air about some of the issues. Why don't we just jump into it? We're talking about a little bit of what we call police blotter. We have Adrian Peterson, journey, who has good news and that he is reinstated. The Vikings would like to take it back. He's not so sure. He's got a three-year deal. We have Ray Rice, quietly reinstated last year, a free agent, unrestricted. However, so far there are no takers. So the question is, we want you to compare and contrast these two issues, the Adrian Peterson and Ray Rice issue, and how you think this is going to be, how it's going to play out this year in the NFL. Well, both cases are tough to defend because you have a four-year-old child, and then you have, and then you have an adult female, uh, both being injured by these NFL players. You look at Adrian Peterson, and Minnesota was dealing with a lot of public scrutiny to suspend Adrian Peterson. Pretty much the entire league was jumping on Adrian Peterson uh, being suspended. You look at. Adrian Peterson and the physical tools and they're all there. I mean, this guy is tall, he's strong. I mean, he's if you could create an NFL running back, I mean, you you could if you could make an NFL running back from scratch, you'd make a guy like Adrian Peterson who is powerful but yet could be extremely quick as home run capability. I think the year off won't hurt him as an NFL running back because in that position he got a whole year off to not take hits, to continue to train and get ready to to play football. And you look at Ray Rice, who's a lot smaller and who's dealing with – he had a pretty healthy career, but at the same token, it's tougher as an NFL running back at that size to keep up more longevity. So I look at Adrian Peterson. I think he's more accepted than Ray Rice right now in the public eye. I think that he's taken some clinical parenting classes – and I think he's said that he's learning as a parent, and I think that he could still resolve the issue with his son to a reasonable degree. I think he could really turn out to be the parent that a lot of people would want him to be. So I look at Adrian Peterson as having a lot more upside, but on the other hand, do you see Ray Rice getting another opportunity in this league? Will he ever play another NFL down or even attend another practice in an NFL uniform anywhere? What's your opinion? I'm really going to ride the fence on this one. I'm not definitely sure, especially at training camp where they like to have bodies at training camp. You can see he might get some kind of a contingent contract where if he doesn't make the team, they don't have to pay him a nominal amount. And they might be able, some team might take a whirl on him and see how he does. His last year in Baltimore that he played, not last year, but two years ago, his, his, his stats were really declining. So you got an older guy whose stats are declining, who carries with him a pretty substantial stigma. And that is something that's going to certainly bear looking at. So you look at Ray Rice as having another opportunity. I'll say... that he gets an opportunity in training camp. 30% latches on with the team. That's that's my estimation. Let's talk about another player that has 
some questionable off the field issues. And really, this is the hot button topic with the draft less than a couple of weeks away. Jameis Winston. If you're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, would you be comfortable with this guy leading your franchise? Do you think for a seven to eight year window that this guy could be the cornerstone of your franchise and lead this lead this team into some playoff games and have some winning regular seasons with Jameis Winston? How do you see him as a player? And also, do you see him being able to cooperate in the NFL landscape as a professional? He's so young. He's only 21 years old. He's made some mistakes, some boneheaded moves, stealing uh, $32 worth of crab legs on camera. Not the smartest thing. Shouting at obscenities at a lunch table. You could get away with that if you're just a regular, invisible college student. Not at all like you are, Spencer. Of course, you're a VIP at your school. But a regular, a regular college kid can sometimes... You know, be idiots. It's certainly college is the time where we get more idiots per capita, and they and, and every kid grows up sometime. So you look at Winston, and if you ask me, this um, th- this the woman who just came out to file civil suit, you waited two years. This has already been litigated twice, including at the level of F- FSU with with a retired Supreme Court judge. So that's somebody with a lot of credentials. This and in civil in, in civil cases, it's about money. So there's no chance of going to jail. Tampa Bay doesn't have to worry about him getting convicted and going to jail. And certainly that's an issue, as we saw with Josh Gordon, repeat uh, drug offenses. And it's not like James Winston has one or two strikes. And I believe there's a lot going into psychological evaluation, as is with every player in the draft. And they don't want to repeat a Johnny Manziel situation, but... It just seems like Johnny Manziel showed evidence of, of drinking, being laid, being hungover. There was a certain pattern that he had in college, and certainly in the Browns, a lot of the stuff is just coming out. How the, the players on the Cleveland Browns had lost complete confidence in him. It's from you know, it seems like he missed practices. He it, it it sure seems he must have been drinking. I think more likely that than another substance, and he he went in rehab for a good long time. And, and we're all hoping that the young man turns his life around because he has skills. He's going to have to put a lot of work in. His, his, um, literally, his body of work plays much better in college. But, he, but he's not a big guy. He's got narrow shoulders and very vulnerable to injury. So he's really got to have the Cleveland Browns watching his back. Well, you look at two of the most polarizing figures at the quarterback position and at any position in all of sports, and Jameis Winston has a special ability that when it's the fourth quarter, he enjoys it so much. He has so much confidence in his ability, and he's six foot five. He succeeded in baseball and football like Russell Wilson. So Jameis Winston's a guy that's really numb to pressure. He's numb to the big stage. He led Florida State in the national championship when they only had two minutes to score. He had Calvin Benjamin in the back of the end zone for a touchdown. When Jameis Winston this year had a ton of high-pressure situation, it was a whirlwind of emotions this year as now a marked man, and, and the team was a marked team. They were the hunted instead of the hunter as being national champions, and they still went undefeated in the regular season. Fourth quarter comeback after fourth quarter comeback. The kid really enjoys playing football. It's his oasis, and 
there's just some athletes that love the big stage and the big moment, and that's the biggest thing that I take away from Jameis Winston is a lot of guys wouldn't want to take the last shot or be in that situation, but Winston really enjoys the challenge of of leading his team down the field in the crucial moments. So I look at his tools. I think he could really whip the ball around. I think he could make all the intermediate throws. He definitely has enough mobility to be a successful NFL quarterback. I truly think he's going to be special. And when you watch Jameis Winston on the field, he he really rallies his teammates around. He's really well-liked by his teammates. And I look at Jameis Winston, and I truly seeing him being a special kind of one-in-a-generation type of leader and football player. Looking at Johnny Manziel, a lot of people, he kind of gets a Tim Tebow-type treatment to bring the show back to full circle because he never really failed. He played against Cincinnati in one game. The team lost 30 to nothing, but he only started two games this year. Actually, he didn't even start two games. He started a game and a half, and in the Cincinnati, Cincinnati game his defense couldn't get off the field Cincinnati was gashing them on the ground Jeremy Hill must have had a thousand yards in that football game and they just had an embarrassing effort the whole team played really poorly I wouldn't pin it all on Manziel and in fact versus Carolina it was a seven to three football game his team was down by four points before Keekley hit him on the sideline and he got injured for the entire year but Manziel was making some good throws in that football game He got almost no help from Terrence West in the running game during his time. So Johnny Manziel is not a failure at all. He hasn't even touched the surface of his NFL potential. He hasn't played any NFL games. So for fans to say that Manziel is a failure or always a bust, come on. Let the guy ride. Let him play. And for Cleveland to be saying, oh, we need to look for a new quarterback for Mariota, you drafted a guy in the first round give him a sample size give him two to three years give him time to fail and if he does from there then give him another shot but Manziel's competitive Manziel can move in the pocket I do see some good things with Johnny Manziel now Bruce we have a minute to go before the end of this second seg- before the end of this first segment and you know what I think it's wise to tease the listeners because we're going to rank the top quarterbacks and prospects in the next NFL draft. And we're going to talk about a very exciting team, the Buffalo Bills, all the weapons that they have, Percy Harvin, LaShawn McCoy, Sammy Watkins, and Charles Clay. Who will be the quarterback in Buffalo? Some really exciting NFL topics that are still on the way. Segment four coming up next. Bruce the Sports Doc Live, Voice America Sports Network. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's a tough shot. Got it with 2.8 seconds left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we. We cover everything. everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. 
Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine. Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injuries. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportsdoc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to the fourth and final segment of Bruce the Sports Doc. I'm Dr. Bruce Grossinger, your host, our co-host, Spencer G., is in the house, and we're going to be switching gears to talk a bit about some college draft to the NFL, as well as delving into some baseball. We already have about 15 games in the books here in Philadelphia. Our team started off 3-3. Three and three. We thought we maybe would uh, catch lightning in a bottle. Lost five, won one, lost another. And so it it certainly looks like it's going to be a very spotty season for the Philadelphia Phillies. Looking around the league, things are a little bit upside down. The Washington Nationals in the American, in in the National League East, were projected to win going away. But they're actually at the bottom of the division. And you have Atlanta, who got off to a very fine start. You look at certainly the bottom dwellers, Miami Marlins, Philadelphia Phillies, are certainly racing to the bottom. And that's what's going on in the NF, in in the National League. Well, you look at the Mets, too, and the Mets are in first place in the NL, and that's pretty exciting. I love seeing teams that weren't expected to do well, and they're off to a great start. That's really exciting to watch. And, you know, in in Major League Baseball, the first month of the season is pretty exciting because possibilities are endless. And you have the Chicago Cubs. They beat the Padres in walk-off fashion, 7-6. I think that Steve Madden, uh, I actually think that that's the designer for shoes. I actually think it's Joe Madden. That that sounds a lot better. Joe Madden uh, really can provide some life into the Chicago Cubs because they're a team that is a fan favorite around the the uh, Major League Baseball circle. But the bottom line is they've gone a hundred years without a title. Um, they've been very close, and this could be you know 
every Cubs fan says, you know, this could be our year. And with Joe Madden, I think some things are really happening. You know, Chris Bryant came in, got his first couple hits yesterday. So you look at the Chicago Cubs right now, they're going to be a fun team to watch. And it's just nice having Major League Baseball back. It's a, it's a great American pastime. And to go to the ballpark, to go to the game and see the weather turning out nice, it's just going to be a fun, it's going to be a fun season of Major League Baseball. But let's shift our attention to the NFL draft, and we have the quarterbacks that you look at, as well as Todd Gurley and Melvin Gordon that are running backs, but you look at Bryce Petty out of Baylor, you look at Garrett Grayson out of Colorado State, after Mariota and Winston, who are the top two, you then have a whole shelf of guys that that could be placed in the first five rounds of this draft you have Brett Hundley of UCLA uh, are there any quarterbacks that jump out at you or even for free agency that could be acquired uh, and if you're the Buffalo Bills specifically because they're a really fun franchise to kind of analyze because they're in the in-between stage in a transitional mode signing a lot of free agents in the offseason and with Rex Ryan there would you maybe look at going after a quarterback if you're Buffalo? And, and what quarterbacks do you like in the NFL draft? We look at quarterbacks who are qualified to leave as restricted free agents. You see Drew Brees. There's talk that he might leave the Saints. He's probably around 35, 36. A lot of talk about Phil Rivers coming to the South, possibly doing a trade with Tennessee. That could bring Mariota back to the um, – Chargers, and you also hear rumors about Colin Kaepernick. I I think he's actually going to stay in San Francisco, but during some of the hot stove talk, there was some discussion about Kaepernick, and certainly we look at these three as top-tier quarterbacks. You're right, and I like Bryce Petty of Baylor. I think he would be a really nice fit at Buffalo. You know, Bryce Petty is such a motivational guy out of Baylor. He always looks to the number 1,178. Those are the number of days between his last high school start and the day that he got to start at Baylor University football. So he's just a very motivated guy. And in an interview, he said, you know, watching Nick Florence and and, um, and Griffin the third. RG3, Robert Griffin III, watching them play quarterback at Baylor was tough because he wanted to be in that position as they were, and he felt he could even do a better job at quarterbacking Baylor. So just hearing that kind of insightfulness during an interview, uh, you can't go off too much because you, as a fan or as a guy who works in the media, you can't necessarily have unfiltered knowledge about a kid's arm strength. You don't actually get the privilege to see it all the time. You can only go off of YouTube videos and highlights to a certain degree. So you really have to dive into interviews and see how well these kids can really answer questions. And Bryce Petty definitely has had some insightful answers that have been pretty impressive. And you look at Buffalo and I think that Bryce Petty would definitely be a nice fit in the spread offense because he had so much success under Art Bryles at Baylor. But you look at Colin Kaepernick, I think he's very talented. I think Breeze is talented. Now, Phillip Rivers is a guy that's never had elite arm strength, but he's a guy that's a great leader, a proven winner. I could totally see Tennessee trying to achieve some stability and, and get Phillip Rivers in the draft. Yeah, and just to flip back 
I really see Tampa Bay has been a very lackluster franchise. They need a little pizzazz. And you've got Winston's a Florida guy. So he brings all the swag. He's going to put seats. He's going to put fannies in those seats. And I, I think that's what could happen. You know, when you looked at the Indianapolis Colts and, and you saw what Andrew Luck, how a good quarterback, could really turn whole team around. So uh, I'm, I'm looking for Jabez Woodson uh, as a young guy with a big arm and a lot of upside to really make a difference, and I, and I think they're going to draft him. You know what I always wonder is if you're Tampa Bay or you're Jacksonville or you've just been a bottom-dweller franchise for a couple of years and you really need pizzazz like Jacksonville, St. Louis, they're teams that are on the verge of possibly losing their cities and, and possibly having their teams being traded. Why wouldn't you look at an Urban Meyer or Kevin Sumlin from the NFL ranks and why wouldn't you bring in like Manziel and Sumlin or Tebow and Urban Meyer? Coaches and quarterback duos from the collegiate level and have them reunite, sell t-shirts, and get fandom up in that capacity. How come that strategy hasn't been implemented? And wouldn't that be fun to experiment and have that happen in the NFL? Well, you're talking about firing a coach like a Mike Patin and putting in a Kevin Sumlin to Coach Manziel. And certainly it's intriguing you looked at, um, you just saw Jim Harbaugh do the other flip. He just flipped back to Michigan, his alma mater. And I, I think that it all depends on the personality of the coach. Certainly the coach, as you mentioned, Urban Meyer, proven winner. But it doesn't look like he's going anywhere. He's, he looks real happy in Ohio State. And I don't think he's leaving anytime soon. But as far as Kevin Sumlin, you know, Manziel is gone from that program. Not they didn't have a great year last year. I think he he could go if if somebody showed interest. You look at the collegiate coaches, and I really think that the collegiate level is pretty enticing to these college guys. You look at Jim Harbaugh and basically the San Francisco 49ers, their ownership group did not like Jim Harbaugh. And that's probably the reason why he is out of San Francisco because he probably ruffled some feathers and he ended up going um, back to the collegiate ranks, which is interesting. And you look right now in the in collegiate sports and you see a lot of, of, of players and coaches that are – well, you see a lot of coaches that are staying put. And it's interesting, a coach that is really a mind-boggled at that he stayed at the college that he was at because you look at college, it's so evenly dispersed in terms of money. There's so much money now in collegiate athletics and that's probably the reason why a lot of coaches are not jumping – to the professional ranks and that they're staying in college because of how competitive it is and everything. You look at Greg Marshall at Wichita and him staying at Wichita and Ron Baker and Fred Van Leet staying another year. Uh, what are your first opinions about this? Uh, your gut reactions because Greg Marshall, he easily could have maybe accepted the Texas job. I, I thought he would. Well, it's going to be really exciting in the Missouri Valley we got you and I bringing back a lot of um, a lot of guys are coming back who are juniors this year. Subtle grad, I mean, excuse me, Seth Tuttle, otherwise known as Subtle, <laughs> very subtle. He will graduate, and, and he a great player and a good leader. But you and I is on the rise. Great coaching with Ben Jacobson, and now we, we keep Wichita State intact with Van Vliet and and Baker and Greg Marshall. 
you're really going to have an exciting division, and uh, we're going to have to book Arch Madness for next year. That certainly was fun covering for Voice America and for Feds Interference. We had the pleasure of going to St. Louis and going to Arch Madness, and it really was a nice tournament. Oh, it was really a special experience. We hope to even get some more interviews and, and more unfiltered access for you guys right here on Voice America. It's been a great show. I can't wait for college basketball season to roll back around. It was a great NCAA tournament. But now you got the NFL draft and these NBA playoffs. Are you excited for these NBA playoffs? You think they'll shake out? Because the NBA playoffs, I think they even get better as you go along. Well, I'm a big fan of the West. Some great teams there. As always, the Spurs are there. Mavs. Um, OKC took a step back because of injury. Durant is going to be out another five months. He had a, a, a another major foot surgery, a fusion to um, repair a non-union fracture. So, you know, Durant's out. Then you got Westbrook, who may well be your MVP. Well, it was a great show. Had a ton of fun chatting. We definitely covered all the bases, no baseball pun intended. And it's great getting back in the flow here with Voice America. I want to thank the network again for a great show and uh, and a really fun week here at Voice America. And I'm Spencer Grossinger. And I'm Bruce's Sports Talk. And we'll see you next week for another edition of Bruce the Sports Talk on voiceamerica.com. Thanks for joining the discussion this week on Bruce the Sports Talk. Tune in next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition with Dr. Bruce Grossinger on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll see you then. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.